with Kim, the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Today is a wonderful day and I'm so happy to be here. So this is the podcast where you just sit back, relax, grab your coffee or your tea and just enjoy the conversation. So today I am here with someone so special. Yes, indeed. I'm here with my special guest today, which is my husband, Bishop William Todd Irvin. And we are here today because we we like helping people. How about that? We like helping couples. And we feel like we've been through enough in our relationship that we can help just about anybody. (laughs) Okay. I agree. And today we're going to talk about um, a very touchy topic. You know, you hear it all in the media, all over the place, and that's trauma. But today I want to talk about relationship trauma. I think I just coined my own phrase, relationship trauma. Um, We want to just share a little bit about um, our story and how we made it back how we made it back from a very traumatic experience that we had. Now, we're not here to go into all the deep, dark details, but we are here to just share how we made it back and some things that you as couples can do to make it back. Now, first, I want to start by saying um, or talking about what trauma is. And then after I do that, I'm going to bring my husband in and um, he's going to You know, we're just going to sit here and have a very transparent conversation, and hopefully it will bless some couples out there who may be struggling. So first of all, trauma is a normal reaction to to painful or difficult experiences. It definitely can impact your ability to cope with normal life. And so we know when we go through traumatic experiences, you know, coping with normal things sometimes really gets halted. We also know that it has a major effect on your relationships, namely marriage. And so today, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about dealing with trauma, a traumatic experience in our relationship. Um, And we've had some other traumas that we've dealt with as as a couple Um, And we came out of, but this particular subject that we're going to talk about today is our own personal relationship and how we dealt with the trauma that we experienced. Um, As you know, trauma can have different uh, definitions and it can be caused by many different things, things people experience in their childhood. Um, It could be a bad experience they had in their childhood. It could be Uh, a near-death encounters, or it could be watching loved ones die. Many people are dealing with trauma today because of the pandemic. And many people lost loved ones, uh, several loved ones. There were families who lost um, several loved ones at one time. You know, that's trauma. And people have to deal with that in order to keep going. Some people have dealt with sexual abuse and all kinds of abuse, you know, marital abuse and just different things. And so trauma deals or or trauma affects people in many different ways. Um, So I just want to introduce my husband and bring him on today and uh, you all make him feel welcome. So welcome, honey. Hey, good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for taking the time out. You know, everybody is busy. 
Everybody is busy and he especially is busy. So I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful that he took the time out today. And let me just say this. Let me just put a feather in his cap right now. Um, He had my husband is a, a bishop. He's a pastor, of course. And today there was a situation that came up with um, a member, very important thing. And he he took the time out. He said, you know what? I'm going to do this with you today because it's important to you and you're important to me. And so guess what, girls? That made me feel good. So I'm I'm especially grateful that he's here with me today. So this is my husband, my friend, my lover. He's my boo. That's my name for him. My boo. He's my main man. (laughs) He's the guy that I'm doing life with. You know what I'm saying? When we close our eyes for the last time, one of us, you know, he's the guy. He's that guy. So thank you, boo, for being here with me. And like I said before, um, we're just going to talk a bit about trauma, relationship trauma. Um, And we're just going to talk about it from our own experience, how we experienced uh, relationship trauma. And I'm happy, like I said, you're here with me. Um, This episode is not for folks to to take our story and use it as a gossip piece. We don't really care at this point because we (laughs) we are so delivered and set free in this area of our relationship and uh, of our lives. We are just always wanting to share um, our uh, victory, if you will, because we know that anytime you share your testimony, that you bless somebody else and they feel encouraged to keep going also. So let's get started. I want to talk about how trauma is actually dealing with a painful, difficult situation. And some years ago, we dealt with a very painful, difficult situation in our marriage. And so we want to just share, like I said, we're not going into any deep, dark details, but we just want to share how we came out of that. And so some years ago, almost what? Wow, 20. Almost 20 20 plus plus years Mm -hmm. ago, we, we dealt with infidelity in our marriage. And um, it was a very hurtful, painful experience. And not just for me, for him, but for us, for our family, for people who were around us, um, our friends, members of our church. Um, It was a very hard situation for us. And I don't know. Thank God we didn't have social media around during that time. (laughs) You know, because think about it. There were some people who knew about our situation or what they thought they knew of our situation and didn't even know us. As a matter of fact, family called me from Texas. People were calling from all over the The day I announced it. People were calling from down south before I get home. Good. It was like, did so and so happen? Uh, How you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh, just think about social media now. You can't hide anything, there's nothing that you can deal with. There's nothing that you can deal with in private anymore. Everything is open to social media. But during that time, we dealt with a very personal situation. Um, There was infidelity in our marriage. And we were trying to figure out what the heck do we do? How do we come back from this? What do we tell our children? How do we deal with our children? 
How do we deal with our home? Do we stay married? Um, and if we do stay married, how? How in the world do we stay married after a situation that we, you know, that we dealt with? Difficult, you know? And so you think about it, you know, when you're dealing with trauma in a relationship, you know, there's mistrust, um, poor communication. Honestly, when we got married, we were very young. I think we were 20 and you were 22, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. really too young to be married. <laughs> If you think about no it, life experience. Yeah, no life experience had went from being living in my parents' home and to living in his parents' home and then finally getting our own home together. Thinking about things like not having the proper guidance, you know, not having good mentoring, things like that, you know, that we we dealt with as a very young couple. So when you don't have those things in your life, you don't have um, those support systems in place, it really puts you in a very vulnerable position as a young couple. And I think that's why we like to really reach out to couples and deal with them. Now, we've been married for 36 years. We have four children. We have one grandchild. And, you know, that's now. But back then, I think we were like, fifth, what, 10? Was it how many years we married? 15? I think we were well, in like 15 years. Yeah, because it was 99, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Like 15, so we were about 15, 15, 15 years into the marriage thinking, hey, we're going strong. We're doing good. And boom, you know, we get hit with this situation, you know. And, you know, sometimes people like to um, blame one person or the other. One thing that we learned through this situation is that no one person is at fault or any situation that's dealing with relationships. Everybody plays a part in what happens. Maybe you don't, you don't cause a person to act or do the things that they do. However, we all play a part in how things unfold in a relationship. And so um, if you think back, babe, what do you think was one of the most difficult parts of our, our marriage during that time? Wow. Just listening to you talk about it, it really, I got flooded with memories, you know, and uh, it's still, I mean, I think I shared you the other day, it's like going through a storm, but people say, how are you doing? How's that going? Well, I still feel the debris. I don't feel the debris anymore, <laughs> you know, after going through the storm. Right. About 10 years, I stopped feeling the debris hit my back. The debris was still, I mean, constant, just always something hit me or popping me, like reminding me of, um, but even when you start talking about it now, I say that to say this, that, wow, some of those same memories flood. And I almost, it almost took me back again mm. to some of those places because okay. number one is something I never thought that I would do, mm -hmm. you know, as a person, I was like, you know, and I was the offender to swear one knows I was the one that made the offense. Um, and I, I always, you know, prided myself. I would never do that. When I get married, I'm married for good. I'm married for life. You know, that kind of thing. But um, that was a very difficult thing to get through. And, and like you said, the blaming part, wanting mm -hmm. to blame each other. Mm -hmm. But uh, like a good friend, Dr. Shig, has said many times, when I got married, I was not a husband. I was okay. a groom. Right. And, uh, you know, and you were a bride, not a wife. It came right. with maturity. You know, it came with maturity. And, and some of that maturity was hard learned and hard yes. felt. 
and it was a difficult thing to really get through. It was embarrassing, very embarrassing very for me embarrassing. as the offender. It was very embarrassing even to admit what I had done and to say what I had done. It was a very difficult thing. And I did it publicly. I did it before mm -hmm. the congregation. I mm -hmm. let them know that I had fallen, uh, if you will, from grace. That was a term people use, fallen <laughs> right. from grace. But uh, and, and then, you know, another thing I say, too, about those things, I hope you don't mind just elaborating the way I'm talking, but mm -hmm. I just have to say it as it flows. I made a bad decision. I didn't make a mistake. Mm. A mistake is we don't know any better. I made a bad decision. Wow. And I had to confront that and say, you know, William, you made a bad decision. And when I faced it like that, I was able to deal with it better than just like, oh, I made a mistake. I made a mistake because mistakes happen again and again and again. And uh, <laughs> I was telling my daughters the other day, uh, we were out at dinner with one of my daughters and we were talking. I said, you know, your mom one day, I was like, you know, oh, baby, I'm sorry I did this. Baby, I'm sorry I did that. It was some other, you know, much minor stuff than that. But She's like, okay, when are you going to stop saying, I'm sorry? When is the offense going to stop happening again and again and again? Thank you for saying you're sorry. Thank you for apologizing. But when will the offense stop? Mm. And I think until you really meet those things and hit them head on and deal with them, the offense continues. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I know I did it again. I know I forgot to tell you I was going here and going there. I know I forgot to call you and let you know. I know I forgot to, you know, those kind of things. So, um, but that was... I don't know about what was the most difficult part of our marriage. It was that situation for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, what degree, what part of it, it was really hard because when we sat down and talked to our children, I remember my oldest then, uh, Christian, she literally got on the floor and kicked and screamed and said, no, you can't divorce. You can't divorce. You can't divorce. And we hadn't even mentioned divorce at that point. Yeah. But, well, you and I had, but not to them. Not to them. We had, well, she had mentioned this to me. <laughs> I didn't mention it. I was trying to stay together. Let's stay together. Weather. Anyway, I was trying to hang in and right. stay in there. Uh, like I said, it was embarrassing. I mean, because number one, marriage period, just as people. Then number two, I'm a public figure. I'm a pastor. Yes. And we had a very thriving, growing congregation at the time. I mean, the church was taking off like a meteorite. It was just really mm -hmm. growing. And it was just a really embarrassing situation. You know, then my parents... Uh, my dad was a pastor. My mom was a first lady. And even that church was affected. I mean, everything we were connected mm -hmm. to, my in-laws, you know, mm -hmm. my father-in-law, of course, is his daughter, you mm -hmm. know. So, I mean, you can't blame him for being upset. You know, it's his daughter. So it was just a lot. There was a lot of layers yeah. to get through with that situation. And uh, one thing you said, if I'm going to stay together, we got to get some counseling. Oh, after Christian did all the kicking and screaming and mm -hmm. no, 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 you can't divorce. No. Friends, parents are divorced. I don't like divorce. Right. Like, wow. She really watched her surroundings and what was happening around her. She was in middle school and realized a lot of my friends are in single parent homes and she didn't want that. No matter what you guys did or what dad did, work this out, you know, get it together. That means we looked at each other at the time in the room. And I knew by that look in my wife's face, like, you know what, we got to work this out. We, we have to, wow. Yes, you're right. We were in the room. It's almost like it was yesterday, but so far removed because like I said, or like we both said, it's been 20 years plus. Mm -hmm. And so um, our children, you know, especially our oldest daughter, she definitely did not want us to separate. But, you know, initially when you're dealing with something like that, you know, your initial thought is that's it. We're breaking up, deal divorce, you know, because that is a deal breaker. And, and, you know, as it, it probably should be in, in most cases, it should be a deal breaker, you know, but when you start counting up the cost 
you know, all the investments that you've made yeah, in your marriage. We had three children. You know, we had a thriving ministry. We had jobs. You know, we had a lot that we had accumulated together. And I think for me, the hardest part at that time was thinking about all of that and not being so quick to make a decision to just throw it all away. I had to definitely just stop and count up the cost. I had to count up the cost and say, Kim, you have put in 15 years into this relationship, into this marriage, um, into building this home, this ministry, people who love you, look up to you, need you. You can't just throw away or throw it all away, you know, in one setting. And so I did. I had to I had to dig deep. Now, you know, I really don't want this this podcast or or this uh, episode to make people think that, oh, one day we did this and the next day magically everything was better (laughs) because that is not how it happened. It was a long, tedious process. For us to work our way back. And the counselor told us that. Be yeah. Years, 10, he, I think he, said. he said it would be 10 years before you wake up and you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you he was right, and I mean, not just 10 years on the dot, but it was about 10 mm-hmm. years before we just didn't even give it any consideration, right. you know, give it any thought. We was, were moving forward in our relationship and in our marriage. and. You know, we weren't thinking about that. And it's so funny because other people who maybe had known us at that time when all of that happened and maybe years later, they saw us again where they left us is where they picked right back up. So I'm saying that to say they almost treated us as if we were that still that broken very traumatized couple. Mm-hmm. And we had moved on. We had gotten all our therapy and we had, you know, dealt with our children and our church and our families. And we were doing pretty good. And it became very offensive when people would treat us That's that true. way. That's true. You know, very offensive. But I'm not going to get on that subject. <laughs> you know, I want to ask you a question, babe. Looking back, how do you think? Um, or yeah, how do you think we could have done things differently before or after the trauma? Before the trauma, communication. Yeah, communication. Mm-hmm. Did I say communication? Yeah, yeah. communication. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I realized that I did, I did things out of resentment because I felt I felt that the communication between me and my wife was not. It wasn't meeting, if you will, my need. I wasn't, I still had a single mentality being married. Let me Mm. put it that way. I'm going to put it on me. If you don't do this, I'm a dad. Well, if you don't put up, I'm going to get it. If you don't, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't tell her. She was fighting an invisible battle. She didn't know I still had a mentality of, you know, like a single guy. Well, you know, you ain't, I'm going, you know, you're not, I'm going, you know, if you mad, I'm just going to argue with you. I just go out here and do it, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of, it was kind of that mentality. And I, I know what I should have done differently was really communicate. But just like now we talk about stuff that we can never talk about 20 years ago. We right. talk about it now and we really get over it. 
Right. I mean, just the other day, I was talking to you about something like, babe, you know, I was offended when you said that. There was a time I wouldn't even speak up and say I was offended. Mm-hmm. I would just go act out on the offense. Right. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get to. I would just act out on the offense and do something. And for like, mm-hmm, I got you. You don't know it, but I got you. You know, right. that kind of thing. Because I'm a vindictive, revengeful type person. Yes, I'm a bishop. Yes, I'm a pastor. <laughs> but I've always been like a get back type person. You know, you got me. I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> my wife says now, you can be petty sometimes, you know. Very. And is <laughs> not intentional. I guess like just that youngest child mentality, the youngest of five boys wow. is like, okay, I may not be able to beat you up, but I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know, yeah. you may be stronger than me, but I'm going to get you. I'm going to find a way to get you, you know, right. that kind of thing. So I guess is, you know, I could have, I know what I could have done. Mm-hmm. I could have communicated better. And one thing she also told me later on in our marriage is that, okay, if I cry about something, let me cry. I never want to see her cry. So I wouldn't approach her about certain things I knew would be upsetting and mm-hmm. make her upset or not speak to me for a whole day or not speak to her. And, you know, I, I don't like going through that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like letting people down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still got to commit an infidelity. <laughs> right. But, you know, you don't want to, you know, I didn't want to see the hurt, the pain. She's like, well, tell me. I'm a grown person. I can deal with tears. They're going to dry up. You know, right. it's like, when she told that the other day, I was like, wow, you're right. I take away her choice. Right. In a matter, I take away her independence of making a choice. Okay, do I want to deal with this? Yes, I don't. Do I want to deal with you right. and your foolishness? You know what right. I mean? And she she has that right. Yes. But I shouldn't hold the bag or the marbles like that, if you will, you know. And then another thing she told me is that I don't want to be the last one to know. Yes. Everybody else laughing at me. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? Oh, well, you didn't know he, you know, right. that kind of thing. That's embarrassing too. That's so embarrassing too. At the end of the day, with all that said, communication. And communication through the barriers, through the hurt, through the pain. It may cost you more on the front end, but on the back end is worse. Yes. Like the Bible says, you sow to the wind, but you reap from the whirlwind and comes back stronger. Yes. You know, get it on the front end, get it out Mm -hmm. there, get it in the open, let it go. And then, you know, the back end damage is so much more detrimental. That's so true. You know what? We're going to go ahead and pause here for a commercial break, but we'll be right back. Do you have a business, brand, or even a creative idea? Power Media Network can help you design a strategy to make your brand impactful. Visit www.powermedianetwork.com today to schedule a free consultation. Power Media Network, next level media. Hey, so we are back with Coffee with Kim, the podcast, and I'm here with my Awesome, wonderful, loving, terrific husband, my boo, my lover, my friend, Bishop William Todd Urban. And we are talking about a very transparent, uh, we're being very transparent about a very uh, serious matter that took place in our marriage over 20, 20 some odd years ago. And so we left where we left off. We were talking about um, looking back. How do you think we could have done things differently? And so um he talked a bit about, you know, communication and that was going to be my answer too. Uh, yeah. Communication was, and it wasn't that we were just bad communicators, but we did not communicate about the things we needed to communicate about. I think because we probably both had that, that problem of not wanting to hurt the other person's Mm -hmm. feelings or make them feel bad, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, Good communication and um, especially in marriages, you know, relationships, good communication sometimes hurts. 
you know, but if it's not done with the intent to hurt, mm. you know, we can, we can recover from those, you know, mm. from those words that we need mm. to share. And then sometimes we just need to set that person up to let them know, Hey, I need to talk about something really tough. It's a tough situation that I want to speak on, you know, and please know that I don't mean to, it's not my intent to hurt you when I talk about this, but it's something that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you kind of prepare a person for that type of, of, of communication or conversation, you know, they're a little, it's a little easier for them to digest it right. because at least they know that you're not trying to hurt them. I think sometimes um, we can just say what we feel. Um, I remember my dad, bless his heart, you know, he would always say, you know, well, whatever comes up, comes out, you know, and that's not always the way to do things, especially not the way to communicate, especially in a relationship. So looking back, yes, I could have communicated my needs to you better than I did. And I think that was the thing. We both had needs that were going unmet, but we weren't communicating with each other about what those needs were, you know, and, and we'll do another podcast where we'll talk about, you know, each other's needs and, and meeting those needs and the things that you have to do. I know I just remember um, talking with a, a, a lady one time and we were talking about how, you know, at this time, I think I was a very young mom. So, you know, when you first have babies and you have kids, you know, especially uh, when you have a baby or you have a child and you have another baby, you're tired all the time. You're tired all the time. And, you know, sometimes you're working, you know, at that at, at some points I was working, going to school, taking care of my kids. We had ministry. We had each other. And so sometimes um, the 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 relationship, the marriage relationship would take the back burner, you know? And I remember this lady saying to me, she was an older lady and she would say, I know sometimes you, you know, you don't want to be intimate with your husband all the time because you're so tired, but sometimes you just got to go in there and get it done. <laughs> I'll never forget. She said that to me. It was hilarious, but you know, I tried to take her advice, you know, but then again, when I think back on it, you know, I think the better thing would have been to talk about it, to talk about, you know, what his needs are and what my needs are. Because keep in mind, we were a very young couple back then. So the needs are different, were different than they are today. OK, so looking back on on the marriage, I guess we can both say that if we were to do something different, it would be to communicate with each other much better on a whole nother frequency a whole nother level whole and not be level. afraid of offending hurting yeah. and, you know not to be mean and cussing and swearing but just to talk about real issues mm -hmm. and even if it offends the person okay i'm gonna step back for a little while let you deal with the fact that it offended you but we need to deal with this yeah you know? we got to put it out on the table right. and deal with it you know and so those are um those are things that when we look back we know for sure that we could have done better i also think um, one of the things that we could have done better, it's not about us, the two of us, but even though, um, we dealt with our kids, I think we could have done a better job with, um, maybe 
getting our kids some therapy or some help sooner than what we did. Um, you know, like my husband said, you know, we were in the limelight, if you will, uh, of church kingdom, public. you know, we were public figures. And so we had a thriving and growing church. People knew church one, you know, one, one, one at that time. And so our children, you know, people knew who our children were. And so, you know, they were embarrassed. We talked about us being embarrassed, but they were embarrassed, you know, and, and they had to deal with that trauma. That was trauma for them as well. You know, so if, if we could give any advice to couples who are dealing with trauma in their marriage, check on your kids. Go check on the kids. Mm -hmm. Secure the children. Make sure the children are secure before you move forward. And that's in any traumatic situation. Always secure the children first. OK, so the next thing I want to move to, um, I want to ask you this question. Do you think, you know, looking back, do you think you were ready for marriage? Because I think you were, what, 22? Uh, <laughs> do I need to ask that question? No. Uh, and not just because of age. Um, I didn't, I wasn't equipped. Mm. I didn't have the tools. Mm. I tried to do it on what I saw, in mm -hmm. which my parents did not have a bad marriage for them. Mm -hmm. It worked. For them, it was a great marriage for them, 61 years for them. But uh, my mom would even often say, bless her heart, that she was raised in the country in Texas and she would work out in the fields with her brothers and sisters. And he'd be like, and her grandfather would be like, go in the house, girl, you ain't no good out here in the field. Go back in the house. So she was kind of raised to be, if you will, a housewife. Some of you say domestic engineer nowadays, whatever you want to call it. But she was very raised, she was raised to be very domestic. Uh, like I said, it was five boys in our house. I mean, honestly, y'all, I'm not trying to be funny, but we didn't make our own beds. We didn't do none of that. So we didn't cook. We didn't we hardly clean. Now we had to go outside in the yard. My dad was like very gender role oriented. So we had to wash the car, empty the trash, clean up behind the dog. I mean, we did all that kind of stuff, the chores around the house, but the house itself, I mean, my mom washed, you know, all five of our clothes every day, you know, dry them out or put them on the line at first. And then eventually a dryer, you know, dried all the clothes and, you know, and she would rarely even put them on our bed to put away. She would even put them away, fold them up, put them away and all those kind of things, you know. So you come to a marriage expecting those things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and my and my wife was like, she was the oldest of her siblings. So she had to do a lot of that stuff. So by the time she get to marriage, like, OK, I didn't I'm not going to trade houses and keep doing the same thing, you know, over and over again, looking out for everybody and doing, you know, I, I mean, it was, right. it was just some differences. And like I said, then your mom was professional, right. worked outside the house. My mom didn't, you know, so she'll start the breakfast at your house and then go to work. Hey, y'all, breakfast almost ready. Y'all make sure y'all keep an eye on it. You know, my mom did the whole breakfast. It was laid out. The sack of lunch to take to school. When you get home, there's a snack on the table. You know, mm -hmm. I just came from a different environment. Not either one was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, back then, I made it sound like hers was wrong. Was like, oh, how do you do that? We all talk about the towel story. <laughs> you know, uh, we changed towels every day because my mom washed every day. In their house, they use a towel for a few days. And I was like, oh, how do you do that? <laughs> and I say now, we call it the towel story. We put in a book one day, but now she had to come get the towel from upstairs. Right. It's like, yo, babe, give me your towel. No, I like my towel. You know, okay, you've had it two weeks now. You know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of totally reversed. But, right. um, you know, to get back to my, you know, main point, uh, 
No, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. No, looking back, I was not ready. Mm-hmm. But like I said, because age wise, I feel like we got married at a good age because mm-hmm. you can grow together. Mm-hmm. You can have children together. Like we enjoy our adult children. I'm glad we didn't have them when we were 40 plus or whatever, you know, and then they're still babies and little and, you know, and, and not trying to be funny, but most people, if you have a normal life, you live at least till 70, the Bible says, you know, and then more years with grace on that. But if I would have had them at 40, 45 and even 50, it would have shortened my span with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we did get married early and started rearing our family together. It really helped us to grow together. Mm-hmm. And then you got to be careful of you don't grow apart. Right. A lot of people grow apart. You let degrees grow you apart. You let children right. grow you apart. You right. let professionalism grow you apart. Don't let it grow you apart. Let it grow you together. Right. You right. know, my wife didn't have all these degrees when we first got married. In fact, she was in college, right. you know, but now she has degrees. So I appreciate everything right. that she has. Right. And then looking back uh, myself, do I think I was ready for marriage? Yes and no. I knew I wanted to be married to this guy. But maybe I was not prepared to be a wife. Um, I didn't have that kind of relationship with my mom where she sat down and told me things and talked to me about certain things. And I made sure that that's what I do with my daughters today. We have a great open talking relationship, but I didn't necessarily have that with my mom. I just watched, you know, and um, dealing with one of the things that he talked about. Yes, we did come from two different types of households. Our households were very similar, but then again, they were very different. And how they were different was the fact that, yes, I did have a mom with a professional, with a profession. She went to work, um, came home. And my dad was more hands-on with us. He was more hands-on with the home. Um, He didn't cook all the meals, but he knew how. He didn't clean the whole house, but he knew how. And those were things that I was used to seeing. And so when we got married and we, you know, started having kids, I'm looking at him like, okay, can you help a sister out? I don't want to change no diapers or nothing. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, if I'm having kids and having to do all the housework and all the laundry, go to work and do all of this stuff, then, you know, how is this a partnership? And um, we had to, we had to figure out how to get past that barrier, you know, because that was a huge barrier. And so, you know, like he said, um, no, we probably were not prepared to be married. And I was in college. Now, let me go back. I digress. We were pregnant <laughs> when we got married. Wasn't a shotgun wedding. We had made a decision to get engaged the year that we end up really getting married. Yeah. But because your dad even said you don't have to marry her. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a shotgun. Right. So it wasn't a shotgun type wedding, but it was we felt like, okay, we're pregnant. We love each other. We're planning on. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. So let's just go ahead and do it now. And so unfortunately, we did do it then and we weren't really prepared. You know, we didn't get we didn't really get adequate marriage counseling. You know, we got the, you know, one, two, three. You love him. He loves you obey him and you take care of her, <laughs> that type of stuff. Just keep and, Jesus in it. Right. Keep the Lord in your marriage and everything will be okay. And, you know, that's not the truth. That's not the case. There's other things that you have to do to make a marriage work besides keep Jesus in it. He's a huge factor. Wonderful. Don't get me wrong. 
because, you know, it's going to be hard to, to make it work without him. However, um, you need some other tools. <laughs> Let me just put it like that. So I want to say one of the things that I enjoy most about our marriage now is the fact that we are friends. And I think we were friends from the beginning, but I think we are friends who can more appreciate each other. We can appreciate each other's differences um, and similarities. We can appreciate each other's independences and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just the differences about ourselves. Those things are more attractive to us. Um, we have a friendship where we're more respectful of each other in, in our roles, you know, and, and me being a wife and a professional, um, you being a husband, a bishop, a pastor, and all of that. We, I have so much more respect for you now than I did back then, you know, wow. because I think, because I think Thank I was you. just mad a lot. <laughs> it's hard to respect a person when you're mad at them. You know, we didn't you have felt a, like you had to go to church with me every time and yeah. drag the kids out and do all that. So I got to a point like, you know what? Stay home sometimes. Yeah. You know, stay home or, or, hey, girl, drive your own car. So right. if you're ready to go home, you can go home. So right. those were things that I learned along mm-hmm. the way that, you know, are now I don't feel, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm leaving him. You know, I'm not a good pastor's wife or you know all of that. You know, and now we can appreciate each other a little more because now we don't have those same responsibilities. Back then, I was dragging three kids around from church to church and place to place. So, um, you know, I had more to do. Now it's just me. We come home, you know, after church and we take our Sunday afternoon nap or we go hang out and do things, you know, because now our relationship is in a different place. It's in a different place. Yeah, the friendship part you were speaking on, I remember my father. My late dad, C.A. Irvin, saying that y'all always been friends. He would say yeah. that to us even if we were married. Yeah. You know, he said, you guys would be at a place. And before, after a while, you in a corner somewhere just laughing with each other. No <laughs> one else in the room, it seemed like. Just you mm-hmm. guys just laughing, talking with each other. And we were. Mm-hmm. We were definitely like that. Kimberly's always been a person easy to get along with. She's almost like one of the people like, what? You had a fight with Kim? How do you have a fight with Kim Jenkins? You know, Kim Irvin. <laughs> you know, how do you do that? You know, because she's the one of those mellow type people. Um, so far as getting along with people, you yeah. know, things like that. But we've always had a great relationship and I appreciate that part of it. Even when we were mad at each other, we still mm-hmm. were kind of respectful, like, mm-hmm. you know, a few times she burned rubber out the driveway. <laughs> and so that wasn't normal, you know. We go navigate a truck, she's just mad. Up, I mean, she'd be fine at night, go to bed, wake up. And she just take off and go to work. Like, well, I guess I'm getting the kids dressed this morning. <laughs> you know, it's like. Well, you know, the thing about trauma, when you're dealing, you know, and you are speaking of when we were dealing with our situation. Right, right. You know, the thing about trauma is it, you know, the, the memory or the feeling of it, you know, it pops its head up when it feels like it. Comes you know, goes. it yeah. comes and goes. And at that time, it was a very emotional time in my life. You know, so I was, you know, up and down and all over the place, you know, trying to make a decision and then trying to make a decision. And let me make this confession, trying to make a decision, not always based on what I wanted, but what I thought other people thought I should do. Mm. And so that was something that we I struggled with that. I struggled with how people saw me and what they thought about me. And um, if they thought I was strong or if I was weak, 
you know, and I remember even asking mm-hmm. my kids, my daughters, not my son, because he was so young then, asking my daughters one day, we were going somewhere together. And I said, do you guys think I'm weak? And my girls, as young as they were, they looked at me and they were like, no, mom, we think you are very strong, you know, and in their own little elementary school wisdom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they told me, we think you're very strong. My oldest daughter told me, I think you're the strongest woman I know. You know, it's not easy to do what you're I remember doing. adults being mad at you because you stayed. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Mad. Dealing with, dealing with. They want you to stay in your marriage. Like, who doesn't want you to stay in your marriage? Right. Dealing with trying to make a decision based on other people's opinions about my situation. And so that's why I feel like whenever we deal with couples, who are going through something similar. Every situation is different. But when we deal with couples who are going through something sim- similar, mm-hmm. you know, I always like them to know whatever decisions you make are your decisions. You live with them. Right. We are here to support you with whatever you or think you should do. You need, right. right. So this was just a little bit about what we experienced and how we made it back from a very traumatic situation in our marriage. It took therapy, you know, it took a lot of communication. It took us to spend time together and almost get to know each other all over again. And and that was a very difficult thing, but we made it through. That was the thing. We made it through. And there's a lot that goes with this story. But we just wanted to share this because there are couples out there who are going through some things. And when you're going through something, you tend to feel like you're isolated, like you're the only one in the world going through. And along the way, you'll learn. You keep waking up in the morning, as my grandmother used to say, you'll learn that you are not the only one going through some things. Now, we're going to finish this uh, this conversation because we want to talk a little bit about forgiveness, because forgiveness played a huge role in how we made it back to a wonderful, beautiful, loving relationship that we have now. So I want, I'm going to end here. This is part one, and we're going to come back with part two um, of relationship trauma, how we made it back, how to make it back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bring it back and we're going to talk about forgiveness. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Joining me today on my podcast, Coffee with Kim. I appreciate. Now go ahead and share this. Please go ahead and share this podcast. Share it with someone that you know is struggling or a couple that's struggling. And maybe they just need to know that they can make it. You take care, you stay safe, and you be blessed. (laughs) 